you're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Monday, and in these episodes, you'll hear Sangram interview incredible practitioners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs within our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Sangram here. Welcome, go to market leaders. Have you heard about Inbound coming up again in 2021? There are over 70,000 global attendees that's going to come in for marketing, sales, and customer success. Should be fun. If you don't know Inbound, Inbound is hosted with love by HubSpot. And I'm again partnering up with them this year to share the love across the board. So if you want to grab your ticket, you are in right in place. I have a code for you. It's called Future CMO. You get 15% off and you can register for uh, the LinkedIn conference. Again, the show notes, you'll have all the details. Go to inbound.com, register, use the code FUTUREMO. is one of the best events that happen on the planet. Boom. Sangram here. All right, we're live. Uh, we're going to have some really good conversation, almost a distraction from what's happening today. We'll get into that in a second. So again, thank you for joining us. Let me welcome one and only Mike Costa. Mike, what are we Sandra. doing? Here? How you doing? I am good, man. I'm wondering uh, what are we doing here today? Uh, did we well, miss first something? of all, I need a highlight reel. That's <laughs> awesome. I need one of those. Isn't that cool? Like somebody Very just cool. did that and pulled all that together. I'm like, I couldn't have done it by myself. <laughs> That's awesome. Do um, you think we're up against any other news today? Or is it, you think everybody's tuned in or are they refreshing Twitter what's going on in the election? Oh, shoot. There's election results coming around right now. Uh, maybe we have a little bit of uh, competition. Well, since you're in Georgia, shouldn't you be counting ballots? I should be volunteering right now over there. <laughs> All right. So for people who are listening to this right now, look, we're going live no matter what. Um, and hopefully this is a good distraction for you. So I'm, I'm really everybody joining in and jumping in. And, and Mike, you and I have gone back now for what, uh, eight years or so, maybe? Is it almost a decade? Is, it, that, is that possible? It, I have very fond memories of you and I together in Atlanta going on walks outside of our Buckhead office. Those were, it has, those were great times. It, it has been, uh, it was in one of my, my thrilling experience for sure. So for those who don't know Mike, let me just embarrass you for a minute and then uh, we'll jump into the question and answer. Uh, because the worst thing is somebody introducing you and you have to watch yourself and them talking through it. But you know what? The, you signed up for that. Uh, so, so Mike, uh, outside of being a, a really, really great person, a great leader, and, and I had a good fortune to work with him at Pardot, literally in the transitionary phase of when um, it was acquired by Exact Target, but then Exact Target was acquired by Salesforce. And uh, I remember uh, Mike kind of coming on board and was part of our executive team. And, and I remember uh, talking about like, you know, one day I want to run a, a business like this. Uh, and at that time, like, I had no idea what that meant. Literally, I knew you're now the SVP and GM of Salesforce Pardot, which is B2B marketing. You've been at Salesforce for 10 years now, which is crazy because you were at work and you, had, you literally went through a whole bunch of different things within. And I think part of 
what we might jump into given how the questions comes in from everybody is like how do you how do you build yourself up how do you go up um, the chain especially at a fast moving iconic brand like salesforce so we might jump into it a little bit uh, but but prior to that you were at oracle for 4 years so you have done some phenomenal work in the in the tech space and and has been a a, a, a for me especially a, a big inspiration of like well this is how you do it you don't go at a big company and feel like you're swallowed you actually go to a big company and actually blossom and bring great people to life so mike thanks for what you're doing man sure and i think look salesforce does a great job of taking folks and putting them into new and exciting roles and this part of our journey for me has been almost 6 years now and it's been super fun cuz i've got to work with people like you who obviously have gone on to do amazing things in our industry um and there's a lot of people who have grown up in the part out business started companies in the atlanta area or elsewhere and there's also a lot of people that have stayed on at salesforce you know to do great things and so it's been a great culture to be a part of and it's awesome to be here with you to talk about it today that's awesome man well very quickly let me just welcome a few folks erica joining in from north carolina scott uh he's in the peak community is ridiculously awesome Kaleem, uh, always good. He actually creates recaps from every live session we ever do and posts out online. So he has been a, a, a thoroughly good, good person to, to connect with. Kim, uh, uh, she, oh my God. The, so the, we're, we're getting a whole bunch of people right now who are CMOs, uh, executives in company. And, and thankfully, we are probably a distraction of what's going on uh, out there in the marketplace. So let's let's just just jump into a couple of here here's what we want to really cover today folks we want to talk about how you're going to reboot for yourself 2021 as a business as we think about that think about right now a couple of things so first maybe a few minutes i want to spend mike with you on how is salesforce how did salesforce handle through this whole 2020 year specifically what have you as a company done uh, for your customers, for your employees, so people get can take some ideas from that because people are still going through it. And then we are going to jump into stories of companies that you have seen getting rebooted out there already. So, so that hopefully will be an inspiring thing for everybody to walk out, walk away with. Um, and then, and finally, I know one of the big things that you have been doing is you have been doing these roundtables globally, yep. not just CMOs in like Atlanta region or you know San Francisco. You actually have been doing the CMO sessions out there in the entire world. So I want to hear culturally how the world is doing and handling it and, and the priorities of market changing. So with all the, that as a backdrop, let's start with how are you doing? How is Salesforce doing? And how are sure. you doing for your employees? Yeah, so I think I'll, I'll start with Salesforce. And you know, you know, Salesforce is now a 50,000 person plus company. Um, but still operates in an incredibly nimble way. And so as we enter the pandemic, you know, we obviously, like everybody else, we're trying to figure out, you know, how do I get a good internet connection at home? How do I get my kids into virtual school? How do I take care of my parents? How do I take care of myself and my mental and physical well-being? So just like anyone, you know, we were all trying to figure out how to get ourselves settled and stabilized and into a good place. You know, what Salesforce did, which I think is really special and continues to do, is I feel incredibly connected to what's going on across the company. And, you know, Mark Benioff, our CEO, is having weekly all-hands calls with our leadership team, where all 50,000 employees 
are either dialing in or maybe they're going back depending on the time zone and watching the recording. But we're hearing what's happening across the company. We're hearing from our customers. We're hearing from thought leaders. And it, it allows all of us to feel connected to the company and what's going on and what has obviously been a very difficult time with you know, a pandemic and an economic crisis and a racial crisis. You know, it's very comforting for us to feel connected to the business and to feel connected to our customers, to feel connected to our teammates. Yeah. So to me, that's been you know, really inspirational. Um, you know, the other thing that we've done is really focused on our team and the well-being of our team. And so we've tried different things through the pandemic to you know, make sure that we're taking good care of our people. Because as I said before, like everybody is, go- is dealing with everything going on in the world in a different way. And we're trying to be, and we are, I think, being very respectful of people's time and appreciating that we're not going to be able to get to everything that we maybe thought we would get to before the pandemic. And as an example, you know, we have the V2Mom process, which I know you're familiar with uh, at Salesforce. You know, our, what's our vision? What are the values that guide us? What are the methods or the things that we're going to do? What are the, uh, the obstacles that are in our way? And what are the metrics and how do we measure ourselves? And everyone at Salesforce, from Mark at the CEO level, all the way down to the individual contributor, you know, has a V2Mom. And as we got into the pandemic, one of the things that we went through was really an exercise in revisiting our V2Moms for the year. And it was less around what more can we do and more around reprioritization and what are the things we can't do? You know, we, we realized very quickly that with all that was going on and all of the chaos that we had to really rethink what it is that we could deliver, at least from a product perspective, you know, and how do we better take care of our team and our coworkers to make sure that we can all get through this together. So that was a really important exercise. The other thing the company has done a really good job of is serving the communities in which we live. Uh, and you know, we went out and were very aggressive in sourcing PPE and making sure that those healthcare organizations that were in need were able to get that protective equipment. Um, and Mark and team have done a really good job of being able to get that all, all over the world. We've also done Grants for small businesses, appreciating how, how important small businesses to the engine of the, of the economy. And so we've done a number of grants for small businesses. Um, and we've also, as we enter the pandemic, really thought about you know, how we can help our customers to navigate through this. Mm-hmm. And that really took a couple of different forms. You know, one is we put out um, a series called Leading Through Change. We brought a lot of thought leaders together to help give insights to our customers as they thought about how they could lead their businesses. We gave free product out as our customers were navigating through the pandemic to help them. And we really rethought our product strategy. You know, we were in a very different world and that forced us to be very nimble and think, you know, are we on the right trajectory as we build product? And should we be doing things differently, knowing that everybody is going to be working from home, right? Knowing that companies are going to be trying to get their employees back to a physical office. And so we, we launched a couple products during the pandemic. One is Work.com, which is the second iteration of Work.com, not the first iteration. That's different. Yes. Uh, which was built to help our customers figure out how to get their employees back to a physical space. And I know you and I were talking about this earlier, like different companies are in different places as it comes to bringing them back to the office. When I talked to European leaders a couple weeks ago, half of them were in the office, 
which is an interesting concept considering that I'm here in San Francisco and you know I don't know really anyone back in the office. But you know, we realized that there was a need and our customers were really looking to us to help them figure out how they can bring their employees back to the office and to be able to do it safely. And then the other thing is people are working from anywhere. And you know, we obviously view that as something that is not, not temporary, but maybe something that is more permanent. And so we have to think about how we build product and products like Salesforce Anywhere, which allow our teams to collaborate in a way that it doesn't really require anyone to be in a physical space, right? Everyone could be at working from home. It doesn't necessarily need you to be in the office. And so my point here is like, it forces us to rethink our product priorities and our product strategy to be able to adopt, you know, to this new normal. Oh man, I have so much on just that. And I want to I see Eden's question, Christine, I see your questions. So we're going to get to some of these questions as we go through this. But one thing I want to, to highlight something that we talked about earlier too, which is at Terminus, we started doing this half day Friday. Yeah. And of like we, we were doing all the stipends around all kinds of stuff. Yeah, buy anything for your desk. Like if you need a fishbowl to look at because you're not looking at anything moving around you, so get a fishbowl, right? So whatever that is, just get something uh, that will make you happy around the environment because it's a it's a mental health issue yeah. in many ways too. Um, and then, but what we found out was the half day Friday is the biggest hit. Uh, yes. It, totally hit people's nerve around like by the time you're zoomed, you, you get to Friday, you're zoomed out uh, yes. and zoomed out in, in many ways. So I'm curious how you and your team and Salesforce is working through it. Yeah, I think the first thing is really is empathy and really trying to understand where different people are as we navigate through the crisis. And, you know, I've got a lot of people that are on my team that, you know, are dealing with trying to get their work done, school their kids, take care of family members. And it's a, it's a real burden. Yeah. And so I think for us, you know, and for me personally as a leader, like I'm really trying to understand where people are and making sure that I can support them and yeah. making sure that I'm clear with them that they need to prioritize themselves and their mental and physical well-being. They need to prioritize their families. And all that needs to be done before you start thinking about work. Yeah. And as people then get into the work, we have to recognize that, you know, there is a large burden on people with all of these video calls, right? People are working. I, I see a lot harder than they ever were. And, you know, the risk of burnout is very high. Yeah. And, you know, we've done a couple things to, I think, help our team to navigate through this. The first, which I know you guys have done as well, is give our Pardot team some Fridays off. Right, especially around three-day weekends, it's like, look, let's make it a four-day weekend, take a break, shut off email. And when we do it collectively as a group, it's yeah. really helpful because all of the email goes down to zero and everyone feels like they can unplug. Yes. And that actually has been adopted more broadly across other parts of Salesforce as well, these wellness days, and they've been a real hit. I think the other thing that has gotten lost in, over these last couple of quarters is really celebrating wins. And so, you know, there's still a lot of great stuff happening across the business. And, you know, it's not like we can head out to, you know, the local restaurant to do a dinner or a happy hour, but that doesn't necessarily mean we shouldn't be celebrating some of these successes. And one of the things that we did a couple of weeks ago, we had a big product launch at Pardot. I hired a, a winery 
and did a virtual wine tasting, sent wine to, I don't know, 30 or 40 folks on the team. We joined the, the Zoom call. They walked us through the different wines, talked to us about the winery, did a tasting. But it was super fun, right? Because it was something different. It allowed our team to feel connected, at least, you know, in, in a different way. Um, yep. And it also is really important because I think, you know, being able to celebrate some of these successes, you know, when everything has been very challenging over the last couple of quarters, I think is really, really important. Huge. And that, that's super helpful. Yeah. Even celebrating little things at home. Um, I, I think about like a lot of times you're forgetting like little things of home of like, all right, you know, my, my son is in tennis and the fact that I could go in the evening around yes. and watch a tennis match or tennis game, which I don't think I would have been been able to do unless it was a weekend it is a big win and, and sometimes we don't take credit so blocking I agree. respecting others that they do the same is has been a huge I think that's really important and I'm very grateful as well for the three hours that I have back in my day by not commuting yeah. um, when we first got into the pandemic I, I was blocking my lunch hour every day to run recess for my kids yeah. um, and it was really special because I, you know, literally wasn't around during the day at all as I was commuting up to San Francisco. And so having that time and space and even having it now where I'm trying to take them on bike rides every evening and protecting a lot of some of that time is really special and really important. And I'm encouraging everyone on our team to do the same. Huge. That's huge. All right. Well, uh, it's funny. Uh, Robert is saying like, need a fishbowl with some turtles. Yes. That, if that makes you happy right now, I think your company would. Fishbowl's happy. I'd also recommend a Peloton bike. They, they also help with mental and physical well-being apparently apparently they do so let's take uh, one of the questions because we touched on we to mom and then i want to get into the, the events part of it like you, you salesforce sure. is a big events company like you guys i mean I, I'm, I was part of salesforce and i recognize what it took to build events and the events drove the business model so yeah. you talk about how do you think about events moving into 2021 because a lot of people are, are thinking about that but sure. since we talk about we to mom let's Let's try to see if we can respond to Christine's question. She's asking, uh, the Weed to Mom is almost a legendary now. Like I still have Mark Benioff's book and, and Weed to Mom. We used that in the early days as well at Terminus. Uh, and is there any point where you, as a senior leader, see as an overkill? And how do you use Weed to Mom to integrate acquisitions and build alignment quickly, uh, you know, whether with the management, marketing strategies, all, all that thing? Yeah. So, Christine, I think that's a great question. Um, and I appreciate that uh, the V2Mom has now gotten to legendary status. Yeah, she I, almost wanted to say that you guys are senior citizens of, uh, of V2Mom. And so thank you, Christine, for being gracious with us. Funny. Um, I don't see it as overkill. Um, and I think it is a very good exercise for everyone to go through as they think about what they want to accomplish over the course of the coming quarter or year, uh, because it really helps you to focus on the things that matter. And so I've actually built a personal V2 mom as well. And I know others on my team have, in addition to the work one, really forces you to think about, you know, challenges and opportunities in a very, very structured way. And I think the V2 mom is also important in not just what it says, but also what it doesn't say because you're really laying out for people what your priorities are and you're being very intentional about where you're focused. And I think that's really, really important. And as a leader, I want people to see 
you know, we could be doing a number of different things at Pardot, but I want people to see what's most important and where we should be focused. And I want everyone to say, I'm aligned to those top five objectives that we have in the V2MOM. And if you're working on something that's not in the V2MOM, then we need to rethink whether or not you're working on the right thing. Yeah. So I, I, me, it really is very, very helpful. Um, and it's also when I go and do my town halls with my team and all hands calls, I'm using it as a guide to show people the progress that we're making against the goals that we laid out at the beginning of the year. It also was a good opportunity as we got, as we got through the pandemic, you know, the V2Mom is a living document. Things changed. Things changed pretty drastically as we exited Q1. And for us to go in, rethink our strategy, rethink the goals and the objectives that we have for the year was a really, really important exercise for us to go through. Yeah. And so I, I don't see it as overkill. I actually I think it is a really, really important exercise to go through. Um, and it also brings our team together because to me, it's a collaborative exercise. When I build the V2Mom, it's not me as the GM of Pardot who's saying, here's what we're going to do this year. It's me bringing in our leaders, me bringing in our team to have feedback into, into what our objectives are, you know, what our values are and what guides us and what our multi-year vision is. And so it's really a collaborative exercise. And I think that's really important. Yeah, one, one thing I would add, that, add to that, because I was part of this process and it was through the acquisition actually was super helpful because I was, uh, I was running marketing for part of that. So part of the sales force, we had to do our own V2Moms, which we didn't know what it really meant. And like, I initially thought, why are we talking about our mom? Like, it didn't, didn't make sense before I got It's it actually means. So it was, it was really interesting for me to even think about that. And then one thing I think that, that the part that, I, what one part that I super appreciate, Christine um, and Mike, about we to mom is actually the O, uh, which I think you said objectives is actually not objectives; it is obstacle. Yes, and, and that's what makes this different for me because uh, and Mike, you and I chatted about that uh, before. Was that all right? Everyone, when you create this, you might be doing OKRs, you might be doing all kinds of things around it. We all have this uber excitement around our vision, where we want to go, our values. You know, we live it or not, but we want to say those things. Sometimes we have a great mission statement of change the world um, and the metrics to blow up the, the whatever the revenue goals that you want to have. But we often, and at least that's true for me, um, I often forget what could go wrong. Yes. And, and as, as, as we dream, as, as I'm a dreamer, so I love to dream about things, it's like it's an important question to ask so that we can prepare and not be uh, frustrated in the process. You actually get ready for that. So, so that's what V2Mom really did for me was to have a vision and values that will help us achieve a certain things. Uh, but then the measures, the, it's, it's not mission, it's measures, and then, then obstacles that actually say, well, how are you going to create or do those measures? I think a, that obstacle was a big part of what made it super cool. Yeah, look, I think your answer here addresses the second part of Christine's question, which is, you know, how do we do this to help integrate acquisitions? You know, we brought you and the Pardot team into the Salesforce family. You know, we went through this exercise together. Yes. And we thought collectively around, you know, what, what is Pardot's multi-year vision? What is it we want to accomplish within Salesforce? And how are we going to get there? Yes. And, you know, I found as I've been a part of a number of different acquisitions that it's a really great exercise to go through because it really helps you to crystallize like what it is that you want to accomplish. 
as part of an acquired business within within Salesforce. And I think as Sangram as an example went through that exercise, it's something that not only helped him through Pardot, but also has helped you as you've gone on to you know bigger and better things across the industry. Um, yep. That VCOM process has stuck with you, which is great to see. Totally, totally. And and please drop in questions as as we we can start answering. I just uh, again, for folks who just join, I see a whole bunch of people join in. Good to see Amber uh, over here as well, Sunita uh, as well. It's it's awesome to have so many different folks from all different places. And this is the fun part: is it's a pretty global uh, set of Great. people who actually put it on their calendar, which is why we try to do every Wednesday something like this. It's it's really really cool. Um, and so let's let's jump in. This whole conversation is about rebooting for 2021, and what is the Salesforce way? of doing that? How, what have you learned from all of these CMO roundtables and things that you've done? Uh, but specifically, let's just talk about events. Uh, every marketer right now had a big line item in 2020 for events that automatically just went away and they had to figure out what to do. In some places, they got cut because there are no events happening. In some cases, they had to reallocate it um, in many different areas. So I'm curious, what have you seen in 2020 what people have done with that budget, uh, because that was what has Salesforce done with that budget? Maybe we start right there and then get into like what you've seen. Sure. So Salesforce has thrived on in-person events. Yeah. And so for those of you that have been to Dreamforce or been to any of our world tour events in you know cities all over the world, these are very special events for our customers, our trailblazers. These are very special events for us as leaders to be able to come out and share our innovation and connect with all of you. And it's a really special place for customers to connect with each other. The community that is built around these events um, is really inspiring. And so I think for any of you that have been to one of our events, they're you know, really unique and very special and, and really represent our brand incredibly well. Yeah. And so for us, it's certainly like many of you and other companies around the world, we've had to go back to the drawing board and think about how we can recreate that magic in a virtual world. Yep. And you know, as we entered the pandemic, Mark challenged all of us to think differently about how we could connect with our customers. He put out a challenge that we should have a million Zoom calls with our customers or Google Meets or whatever web conferencing platform you're using. But he challenged us to find new and unique ways to connect with our customers. How do we apply you know, beginner's mind or our startup mentality to think differently about how we can do it when we can't do those in-person physical events? Yeah. And so you know, one of the things um, that our team did, and I give one of our AEs on the part of our team ton of credit, is he's like, hey, how about if we got six to 10 CMOs together and did a roundtable. I'm like, okay, I'm happy to host that. Keep it pretty loose, have a conversation around what's top of mind for marketers. And I hosted one with a set of marketers, I think it was in the Southeast in Texas. And it was really great because it wasn't just the conversation and me talking about what we're seeing from Salesforce, but it was really the opportunity for these marketing leaders to connect with each other, yeah. to learn from each other to hear how they're leading their teams and their businesses through the pandemic. And so we actually took that model 
and we scaled it up. And I've now done more than 12 of them with, I think, another six between now and the end of the year of these CMO roundtables with customers all over the world. I've got one next week with uh, a bunch of uh, European, mostly French marketing leaders. And it's been really great because you know I can hear what's top of mind for these marketing leaders. I can share the Salesforce perspective and how we're you know, adjusting our business and leading through this change. Um, and also the connections that are made between our customers remind me of Dreamforce. It reminds me of getting marketing leaders together at Dreamforce and letting them interact with each other and build their networks out and learn from them. Um, and so that's been a really special way to do it. And you know, I think if you talk to different people across Salesforce, they've all found different ways that they can reach those customers, right? Yeah. Whether it's doing these virtual roundtables or whether it's uh, you know, in-person or customer meeting, virtual customer meetings. You know, we've tried a bunch of different things. Some have worked and some have not, but we're really, really focused on trying new stuff. Mike, did you take any of the budget though? Because those are the events that Salesforce, and I'm curious uh, in, in the chat, like just drop in if you've ever been to a Salesforce One World Tour or a Dreamforce, I, I would love to just know and hear, um, you know, how many people have actually been experienced that. But I'm curious, like, that's a massive budget that Salesforce put in these events that almost like even a free Atlanta, I remember going to the Atlanta uh, and it was like massive and it's free to yeah. come in and, and do it. And I'm like, I can't believe that. So yes. what did you do with that budget? Um, I, I was given a couple of briefcases of cash and I have it here in, in my office. So you let me know. Down in the back. Like, beyond that, like what else? What else happened? We've, you know, we've reimagined a lot of those physical events into virtual experiences. And, you know, so we are embarking now on what we're calling Dreamforce to you. Mm. And so some of those dollars are being redirected towards these virtual experiences that we've done. Um, you know, some more intimate with a handful of, of customers, you know, maybe geography or industry and some at larger scale. And so, you know, we're going to, we're going to do a big Dreamforce to you push over the course of the next couple months. Um, obviously, it's not going to be the same as um, as you know an in-person event, but certainly something that we're going to be able to scale up with a keynote and a bunch of sessions. Um, and so, some of it has been redirected to that. Um, we've also done a lot of account-based marketing, which I know is something that is certainly important and top of mind for you. You know, we think about ways that we can reach our customers, our buyers. The influencers who are making decisions around products like ours, you know, that becomes a big part of being able to, you know, market ourselves and reach customers um, through all sorts of digital channels. Um, so that's become an increasingly important part of our spend as well. That's really cool. Now, Eden um, has a question over here who says, and this is this is a tough one. Um, so I'll I'll let you take this one first, and then I'll I'll jump in uh, on this, which is, well, have you? Have you maybe uh, made any decisions during this time that have not worked out well? Um, and I wonder if you can share any examples of that. Yeah. Um, you know, I really thought, and I don't think I'm unique, as we got exited our first quarter, we saw, you know, some pause from customers in, in purchasing products like Pardot. Mm. And we saw budgets go on hold and we saw customers defer buying decisions on products like mine. And 
I really thought and was super conservative going into Q2 and, and beyond that that was going to continue. And so, you know, we were really conservative in thinking about our numbers, thinking about how we were going to fo- focus our marketing dollars. And I turned out to be wrong. I think a lot of people were wrong, but I certainly was wrong as well. Um, and we actually saw the opposite happen. And we saw an acceleration as companies didn't just bring back some of those purchases that they had delayed, but they really started to accelerate their digital transformation. Mm-hmm. And we saw that spend start to significantly increase. Did and you think so, that it became more important for companies to become more digitally savvy and they they almost took a hold to recalibrate and then when they thought through it they they were like well where else are you going to put this money to and how else are you going to get in front yeah, of your very well said i think recalibrates a good word i think they were also going through a stabilization exercise where they were trying to figure out how to work from home and get their businesses settled understand where they are and then re-enter and say oh wow if i'm going to thrive during this pandemic and then what comes out the other side of this pandemic and be able to adopt you know to whatever is there i'm going to need to start making these investments yeah and so i wouldn't say it didn't work out well i think i probably was more conservative than i should have been and i maybe should have foreseen that acceleration happen um but it certainly informed our planning as we've gotten into both the back half of this year and going into next year as well but that's a good question even and i appreciate it yeah, it's 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 a tough it's a tough question. Um, I think uh, for me, Eden, it was really I, I thought I could figure it out. I could do it. I, I could make it happen. Um, and I overestimated my ability, uh, knowing, uh, thinking that oh, I have three more hours in the day to actually execute. Actually, uh, my productivity actually went way down in the early parts of it because it just drained me, and I didn't appreciate the the mental breaks that you get when you are in the office or when you are even having commute. Like I literally drove around one day like just to go in and sit in traffic. I didn't, I didn't appreciate the traffic in, in some ways. Uh, yes. once in a while. So I think I, mean, I also underestimated how important it was to be connected with people yeah. physically. And so I thought, oh, okay, I work from home. I'll be fine switching to this you know, new virtual environment. But as someone who really thrived on human connection and being in the office with people, you know, it was it was a struggle and continues to be a struggle. And I'm not yeah. sure that I or sounds like Sangram and others as well appreciated that as much as we as we got in as we continued to to work through the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're already hearing from some of the folks like, well, there's a lot of inspiration here because this is it's not that any one of us have got this right and or any company has got this right. I think yeah. we're all constantly swapping notes on this thing from everyone. Um, uh, we had uh, Manny, who's the, the CEO of Outreach uh, in our all hands uh, last week. And he was talking about like, man, I'm taking notes. He's like, he's taking notes from some of what we're doing. We're taking notes from some of what they're doing. And I think it has opened up every organization to actually share what's working, what's not. And yeah. I think it's a, it's a really healthy thing that has come, come out of it. Um, so Mike, let's let's go into the future a little bit. You you are the driver's seat, being at Salesforce, an iconic brand. You get to talk to the best of the best CMOs and organizations. A lot of them are uh, part of who are 
almost using almost every one of them is using some form of Salesforce product or uh, as part of the platform. What tips do you have for marketing leaders as they're thinking about 2021? What what is it that they should be thinking about as they think about rebooting for 2021? Yeah. So I'll, I'll go back to this CMO roundtable conversations I've had. And there's a few themes that continue to, to play out, which I think are really important. I think the first one is really around digital transformation and the acceleration of that. The marketing leaders that I've talked to who had intended to do projects like, like you know, marketing, digital transformation over the course of years are now talking about doing it over the course of months. Mm. And it's really interesting to see the speed of which they're doing it. And we're certainly seeing that. And I think as a marketing leader right now, you know, it's really important that you're thinking about how you can, one, thrive in the current environment, but two, be prepared for what comes next. Right. I think the other thing is really around rethinking business models. And so a lot of these marketers that I've talked to have shown incredible resiliency in how they've gone to market. And I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples of that. You know, we've got a customer, Tentcraft, you know, those huge tents that you see at, um, maybe you're in the South, college football games. Um, you know, they, they had a product that, you know, could be pretty much sold anywhere. And all of a sudden through the pandemic, you drive by healthcare organizations and hospitals and you see those huge tents outside as they used it to check in new patients. They used it to do COVID testing. And Tencraft was then for, not forced to, but saw an opportunity to go after a new market. And, you know, they had to really think about how do we sell to healthcare organizations, which sure was a part of their business, but now was a massive growth opportunity. And so we've seen a lot of those stories where companies who may have had a more traditional consumer bent now focused on you know, more B2B as they thought about going after new markets, mm-hmm. or thinking about totally different industries than what they've sold to before. You know, another example is a customer of ours, Reverie, who was selling high-end sleep systems. And they were doing it in a lot of cases direct to consumer. But then again, you saw hospitals and healthcare organizations really starting to scale up and they saw a market opportunity to go and sell their products to a totally different market than they had thought about just months before. And so to me, like the theme here is, you know, the resiliency of these companies and also the ability to shift quickly, right? And to be able to Go after these new markets, marshal resources, think about what your messaging is to these new markets, and then also how you execute, right? Because you know, in a, in a case like Tencraft, you've got to be able to pivot your marketing and sales teams to go after this new market and make sure you've got the right messaging market, make sure you've got the right tools in which to, you know, to bring customers through the funnel and be able to close them. In a lot of cases, account-based marketing is an important part of how they do that. Yeah, I mean the pivoting of a lot of businesses is a real thing, and and I think it, coming from a startup world, I feel like oh, pivoting is part of your business. So if startups continue to do that uh, in the first three to maybe six to maybe even a couple of years of trying to figure out what is the one thing you got to do, but it's really hard when a business is established, and now you have to like, well, it seemed like it was working, and now it's all yes. not. Yes, 
And what and do I do? What's most fascinating through this whole set of crises is how companies have been able to shift and rethink their business models in real time and yes. do it successfully. And in these roundtables I've hosted, it's really it's inspiring to me to hear how these companies have gone from you know selling to one constituency, whether it's a consumer or one industry, to all of a sudden selling to a different one because you know those industries are exploding. If you were you know the supply chain or healthcare organizations or certain parts of financial services or technology, like you've seen those industries do remarkably well. Yeah. A lot of companies have shifted their business to go focus and to sell to them. Um, and so it's really exciting to see and it's really it, it's really inspiring to hear you know, the stories of how these companies not, not only been able to survive, but have been able to thrive because they've been able to make that shift. Uh, so now let's flip the coin on that one. What are the roadblocks do you see for these companies that are trying to get in 2021, thinking they have to do this? Or what might, what might stop them? Uh, I think not having the right platforms in place in order to be able to execute on that. So if you are Tentcraft and you've decided you want to go after a new market and you don't have a solution in place by which to refine your messaging and positioning, identify who those top healthcare organizations are, be able to go and market to them in a way that scales, it's very difficult for you to make that pivot. And I think that's really why you're seeing companies really accelerate those investments you know, in technology because they realize that the technology investment allows them to be nimble, allows yeah. them to make that pivot, allows them to react to what is a very, very fast changing market. And so to me, that's why you're seeing this acceleration happen now and investments that would have taken years you know, are now compressed to months and quarters. Yeah, I love I love that. I think that mindset is is also a big part of it. It's um, I think uh, we I was talking to uh, uh, Udi, who's a CMO of Gong, last week, and uh, his I think one of the things I took away from from him was like there are not a lot of things you can be great at. You probably if you're a great company, if you're an amazing company, you're probably good at one thing. Yes. And in like Salesforce case, I mean, yes, you have all these products and uh, all the things that, that a sales are built, but quite honestly, outside looking in, you're like the best events company that has a great product uh, that you could do. And, and now as an organization, you have to rethink and reimagine because nobody that I knew, know, could replicate the way Salesforce did events and how they, they drew so much of it for the community, the partnership that came as a result of that. Like, heck, last time I was at Dreamforce, there were monks walking around in the middle. <laughs> yes, yes. No, like, yeah, like the experience of that was just ridiculous. Like, how do you, how do you replicate that? And, and I think as you are going through this reimagination of what it is, I think so is everybody else. But with the leadership of you and Mark Benioffs and Adams of the world, I feel like it is the mindset of like, okay, great, that worked. Now we need to reimagine it. And look, I hear that from our customers all the time. I think Salesforce, to your point, is a good example of it. But you know, to hear all these marketing leaders and how they've rethought their businesses, are thinking about going into new markets and are not using the pandemic as a way to pause, wait, but a way to accelerate and identify those new markets to go after is really amazing to see. 
Fantastic, man. All right, so I'm going to give the top three things I took away from this, and I will let you leave everybody with a challenge how they want to reboot uh, for 2021. And I want to, again, thank, uh, thank a bunch of folks over here. Aisha, uh, good, to, good to see you. Uh, she's, you know, she's obviously enjoying it. Like A lot of the stuff that we've been talking about here has been spot on for it, going after new markets, uh, Amber and Robert. Uh, this is this is the fun part. People are talking to each other as part of this whole conversation. So I love that. CMO roundtable for me, right? Yeah, it's it's perfect, and you, I could just tease into and you know get a lot of these questions. So appreciate it, Scott. Uh, I don't know if you actually got this to, to this question, but uh, here's like I've heard leaders like Udi uh, says online events has been great, but I wonder about other seems like ton of distractions for for your audience, and and that's I mean that's something that is happening everywhere. So. With all that, here are my top three takeaways, and I'll, I'll have a recap in the, in the peak community for folks uh, to check it out. So number one, I think if somebody has not taken the time to look at a V2 mom or a similar way of having obstacles as part of your vision for 2021, then I think you're making a big assumption, and it can, it can be a big frustration point. So V2 mom with obstacle in there, as Christine asked, like I think that obstacle part is very important and we just hit one if not many in 2020 and if people didn't have like that idea of like okay yeah we're going to hit obstacles and and how we're going to navigate or at least have idea around or thoughts around that it's going to be a big so for 2021 reimagine your v2 mom this is a perfect time for planning right now do you use v2 mom this ton written on it it works for a company like salesforce and it works for a startup like mine uh you know back in the day so it's just together. So figure out what that is for 2021. Second, we didn't spend maybe enough time on it. I think Mikey would agree on this, which is the idea of celebrating wins. Yeah. It's never been more important to do that and be more intentional around it. And whatever that is as a family, you know, like we, we're, we're saying like, all right, we don't have this Friday lunches. So we're doing Uber Eats and whatnot. Like whatever it is for every deal, every touch point, every, it's not just sales, but there's so many things unnoticed are happening right now that if you're not intentional, you're not going to celebrate wins and people are going to burn out. So celebrating wins is a big one that, that I'm taking away from, uh, from this conversation. And then this idea that you, that, that you literally, I think it's an inspiring thing for everybody to look at it. It's not just about pausing. It's actually pausing, reflecting. And as you said, with some of the customers that you're seeing, they're accelerating in a big way in yep. new markets and new frontiers. So I feel like that is incredibly inspiring for me and hopefully to others to hear that it's not just about, oh my God, it's pandemic. Oh my God, the elections. Oh my God. Like there are companies who are actually making more money now than they ever did because they re rebooted and shifted their focus in it. And that's real. And that might happen for you. So use this as an opportunity is what I'm learning from this. So those are my top three takeaways. Michael, what is the one thing you can share that will challenge everybody to Take a new thought and a new process for 2021. Yeah. So first of all, I think that's well said. I think I think those are three great takeaways for folks who participated today. The other thing that I would build on, which would be my one, is really adopt the V2Mom process, mm. and not just in your in your role and what you do, but really make it aspirational as to what it is you want to accomplish in your personal life or in your career. And I find it's a really good framework to think about, you know, what it is that you want to do and to think about a multi-year V2 mom for your career or for your personal life. As you think about how we exit the pandemic and 
get to some semblance of normal, you know, what is it you want to be doing? And so I think that V2 mom framework is a great way for you to think about, you know, what's next for you and how to get there and to build a plan to do that. Right. Take it to a personal level. doesn't have to be only business. I love that. Mike, thank you so much. And again, so many of you folks, thank you so much for joining. Uh, we'll be on, this will be on the Flip My Fellow podcast as well and, and the recap in the peaks. Uh, thank you so much for, for joining today and use this as a distraction for everything that's going on. So I didn't think we planned this uh, until this happened and we we're like, what are we doing over here? But uh, I think we did the best we could. Michael, thank you so much, man, for, for jumping in. It's great to, great to see you again. All right. See you all later. Take care. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.